1: Wednesday, November 9th. I'm your host, Doug Reed. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed34. As always, it's the Sports Ethos presentation. You can check out our group at sportsethos.com. Find out our packages, find a lot of information, ton of podcasts. We are growing like crazy. So lots of information uh, for wagering for fantasy sports. Um, Certainly worth checking out across all sports. I just want to highlight a couple of my um, partners here in the wagering division. We've got Blake Lawatch. If you haven't been trailing him or following him, he's on Twitter at Blake Lawatch. It's Blake, B-L-A-K-E, L-A-W-A-T-C-H. Now, him and I uh, did most of college basketball here at Ethos last year. Uh, We've got a third Guy in the booth, which I'll talk about in a second. But Blake and I also did most of baseball during the summer. And uh, combined we had a really good year. We were up just over 33 units in total. Uh, I was 154 and 146, up 25.3 units. Blake was 98 and 91, up 7.95 units. Um, Blake always likes to, especially in baseball, take, uh, not always, but a lot of first five uh, money line and angles and totals and angles. It brings a unique perspective. He's certainly worth following. Um, he's also really into college basketball. Off to a three and zero start. I think I'm five and three. So combined, we're eight and three out of the gate, So doing well for you. Um, but he's definitely knows the stuff in college basketball as well. So check him out if you have not And the third guy who we're just adding is a uh, been with Ethos for a while, but moving more into some of the wagering stuff as well. Is Stephen Bagel? Be- Beg- you can get him. You can find him on Twitter. Uh under the name of his podcast, it's at Bird Rights Pod. So B-I-R-D-R-I-G-H-T-S pod. And he's a huge basketball fan. He's been into basketball wagering for a while. Uh he's got a four-part series covering his expectations for college basketball for the year, which I would recommend you check out. You can find that, go to our Ethos wagering site or on any of your podcast providers under Bird Rights Pod. Quite an interesting piece. Uh, for college basketball, but in general, uh, for NBA, he puts a lot of good um, pieces together. there. So there's three of us um, that are making up the college basketball side. We've also got guys in the NBA, guys in the NFL. Um, so lots of things going on. If you're not following us on Twitter, check out our Ethos Wagering account, at Ethos Wagering, E-T-H-O-S, Wagering, all one word. You get, get a lot of regular updates there. And if you're into basketball or football, check out our Ethos Fantasy BK for basketball, Ethos Fantasy FB for football. Well, like those accounts is, especially in basketball, you get nightly updates on starting lineups. And especially when it comes to wager, you know, you need to know who is uh, playing, who's not playing, who's starting. Um, you know, if you look at a line in the morning, you watch it all day, there's a good chance it moves like the box line today with uh, Giannis being ruled out. That's now, I think they're what, a point and a half favorite. Drop three or four points with him him being ruled out um so you need to you can be checking that on your own but obviously if you have a twitter account and you have the uh, notifications turned on you can get those immediate updates so huge huge um huge tool for you i think our ethos fantasy bk and then on the weekends you get the ethos fantasy fb of football same kind of stuff so Enough about us, enough about me, about what we're doing. Uh, Let's look at the board tonight. Interesting board across uh, some little football, some action again, NBA, some college basketball, some NHL, but we're going to start on the hard court in the NBA 13 games after their night off last night to let everybody in the U.S. get out and vote. Hope you all did if you're listening. Uh, But we start with an odd one at 5.30 in Orlando. Uh, I don't know why we're starting so early in Orlando, but they are. Uh, Dallas is in town. They, give them, they are Dallas' is eight and a half point favorites. Total here 231 and a half. And pulling up the injury report, Dallas doesn't have anybody. Well, Hardaway is questionable. Uh, Christian Wood is still out. Uh, the Magic side is out. Uh, Paolo Bonquero is questionable. Fultz out. Harris uh, out. And Mo Wagner is still out. Uh, I'm not on this game. I like Dallas to win this. There's 360 on the money line. A little too pricey there. Maybe if I were to parlay that with another game, I could see myself looking at this game. But don't like laying eight and a half points on the road. You, Dallas is clearly the better team. But um, that's a little high for me. If anything, I would probably lean, uh, lay the eight and a half. Um, but a little high for me. Next game, 7:10 in the East. We have the Nuggets of Denver and Indiana to face the Pacers. Nuggets coming five and a half point favorites. 235.5 is the total on the injury reports. No, nothing really new to report. Uh, the Pacers, Chris Duarte, is out. Neesmith is questionable. Daniel Thies is still out. Uh, that's about it. So, relatively healthy game. I know here, one of the guys uh, at Ethos was big on. Um, sorry, just pulling up the line. Up. So, was big on uh, Miles Turner and Indy getting over two and a half blocks. He's gotten – and you think you're going against Jokic. Why would he be doing that? But he's gotten – I think he's hit that in the last three games versus Denver. I mean, Jokic is a high-volume player. Puts up a lot of shots. Ball's going to be in his hand all the time. He's probably going to score 25-plus points. So uh, putting up all those shots, good chance that Turner uh, will be going against him and be able to – get a few blocks, which Turner doesn't anyway. So I think it was also – it was about plus 130 or plus 135, the number. So interesting play uh, if you're into that. If you're into some uh, prop betting on this game you want you want a little angle, uh, you can look to Miles Turner on Indiana over two and a half blocks. I think it about plus 130, 135. Um, I'm not on the game. I like Denver. I just don't trust Denver on the road, and it's been tough for me the last couple of years. They're 6-3 overall. Uh, two and three on the road, averaging about 116, 4, 114 and a half against. Uh, you get Indiana, who is um, anti-defense, as there is almost in the NBA. They're scoring just under 116, they're allowing 117 and a half. So if anything I would look through the over, it's 235, 235 and a half is a big number. Um, you know, if Denver gets up if Denver gets up in the fourth quarter and his game gets a little bit out of hand, eight to ten points, all of a sudden Jokic is out. Maybe some of the big guys in Indiana are out, and scoring slows down. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head. If anything, I would lean Denver in five, uh, and five and a half points and maybe look to the over. Again, Indiana just gives up so many points and doesn't play defense. Maybe Tyrese Halliburton scoring prop. I think I looked at that earlier. I'm pulling it up now. Um, Halliburton's 19 and a half points, and I think he's gotten over that in a number of games recently. So uh, go to Tyrese Halliburton here, see what he's done recently. He has his last few games. Sorry about that. 20 points against New Orleans, 22 against Miami, just 11 against Brooklyn, 26 against Brooklyn, 25 against Washington, 17 against Chicago, 19 at Philly, 24 against Detroit, 27 against San Antonio. So he's definitely getting there in a game with a fairly – high, obviously 235. Uh, total. Their implied total is about 115 the Pacers. Uh, probably not a bad option. I see it at minus 120. If I could get that in the minus 110 minus 115 range, might look to jump on that. Um, but even 120 is not a bad price for Tyrese Halliburton. I'm not on the Turner prop that I spoke about earlier. It's an interesting play. I just think it's a when I see a profit that's plus 130, plus 140 in an NBA game, uh, a little too risky for me, except that implied numbers that it's not going to happen. And um, with a small sample size of three games, I think it could. You know, if the game stays close, I definitely think it could. Five and a half points spread implies the game should be fairly close. Uh, 120 points for Denver. Jokic is going to be putting up a lot of shots. Um, but I guess I'm just a little too risk-averse. Who's kidding you? Next game of the night, we're in Charlotte for the Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers come in three and a half point favorite on the road. 219 and a half is the total. Portland's surprising I think a lot of people, me especially. Six and three overall, but three and one on the road. Uh, very impressive. Basically, uh, just under 110 points for 109 gains. So decent defense. Um, a little better than league average. And on the flip side of that, Charlotte, who is underwhelming. Three and seven overall. Uh, just one and three at home. Scoring about 100, exactly 110 points, giving up about 114 and a half. You know, straight up when I looked at this, I figured I'd like Charlotte. Uh, But the more I dug into it, the more I looked at the numbers, I can't really back Charlotte, the way they're playing these days. Lamelo's obviously still out. Gordon Hayward's out. Uh, Cody Martin's doubtful. On the Portland side, the key here is Lillard is probable. So I think he's – I mean, if he doesn't go, I think this line goes (sighs) – Lillard doesn't go. I think this line might even flip to Charlotte by half a point or a pick-em or maybe it's at three and a half right now for Portland, minus three and a half. I think if he doesn't go, it's probably down to 0.5 or even pick him. Uh, Jeremiah Grant, questionable. And like I said, Lillard, uh, Lillard probable. Um, as I scroll down, sorry, Yurkic is questionable and Simons is probable. Winslow's probable. If any combination of those guys, specifically Lillard, everything I've heard is that he's playing... But if any combination of Lillard, Nurkic, and Simons are out, I think the line comes down. If two of those three guys are out, I think it definitely sways to Charlotte. So I'm not on this now. I'm going to wait and see. Game 7-10 in these, wait and see which way it goes. Uh, The injury report goes. Because if they are not playing, uh, you've also got some props that I guess could come into play. But I think they're all going to be playing. So um, if they're not playing, then I think the line moves and then it'd probably lean towards Charlotte, but for now I'm just gonna watch it. Next game of the night in Boston. Celtics are 13 and a half point favorites over the Detroit Pistons. Total here, 226 and a half. And for Boston, pretty much everybody is healthy. Uh, for the Pistons, Bagley is still out. Alec Burks is out, but nothing other than that. And this is an odd game to handicap. I actually might lean. I'm not on this game, but I might lean towards the Pistons. Just a lot of points. And Boston has been giving up. If you listen to my show recently, Boston's been giving up a lot of points, which is not their normal um, way of playing. Six uh, Celtics, six and three overall at home, three and one. Typical Celtics numbers. Um, uh, just under 119 4 just over 115 against. their averaging. And we get the Pistons, the other end of the spectrum, two and eight overall, 0 and six on the road, scoring exactly 110 points a game, giving up 114 and change. The alarming number in those stats is that the Celtics are giving up over 115 points. Um, one of the worst defenses in the league. And that is not traditionally um, the way they play, certainly not in the last few years. So, anyways. Um, uh, 226 and a half. You know the Celts could put up. When I'm looking up their numbers, uh, you know their implied po- point total is just under 120. I was gonna say they could put up 130. Uh, the question is, are the Pistons gonna lay an egg like they've done so many times in the last couple of years and just get blown out by 30 or 40 points and not even get to 100, or are they gonna keep the game competitive? Uh, I think if the Pistons keep the game within 13 points, which is a spread, this total goes over 226 and a half. Celtics are going to score. Celtics are going to give up points. I think the Pistons can score some points. Uh, Cutting hands from playing well. Jaden Ivey's had a typical rookie year, uh, hot and cold. He's looked really good. He's looked really bad. Not really bad, but he's, you know, he's missed some shots. He's had some weak games. Uh, So I like the way he's playing Sadiq Bey. uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is hot and cold. He's come back down to earth, yes. But he has the ability to put some points up uh, and, um, you know, especially against the Celtics when their lack of defense. Um, again, hard to say in this game. I don't like the number. It's too big. I would lean the Pistons at plus 13. And because I'm leaning that way, I would lean the total over 226. It's not a massive number. The Celtics are not playing good defense. I think it comes down to Celtics will score. and Celtics will go up points. Can Cunningham, Ivy, Bay, and Bogdanovich get their shots? And if they can, you know, they get to 110, 112 points. This total sails over the one 226.5. Uh, Next game is the Rockets. Houston is in Toronto to play the Raptors. Raptors 10-point favorites. Total here is 224. and Sorry, an even 224. Didn't get the hook there. When I pull up the injury log here, we don't have a lot of uh, – Jayshon Tate is out again for the Rockets. Not much after that. For the Raps, you obviously have Pascal Siak- Siakam out, and Ken Birch is listed as out. Um much like the Celtics game, I think the Raptors win this. I think they win it fairly easily. Um, but I don't like laying 10 points with Toronto, especially with, with Siakam out. The ability to play slow, low-scoring games, 224.5. is a total is a little higher than what I thought. Uh, I guess with Siakam out, the defense isn't going to be quite as strong. So uh, I think the Raps win. I think they might keep it a little closer, or maybe he's going to keep it closer. Um, you know, Jamar, Jamari Smith's been playing fairly well. Kevin Porter Jr. can put up some points. Uh, Eric Gordon can score, can take a lot of shots, can miss most of them, but he can score some points. And, you know, the refs got Christian Coloco starting at center um, against probably saying, again, Should be an interesting matchup. Um, but I don't think their offense is quite as strong, or their defense isn't going to be quite as strong. So. I am leaning towards Houston at plus 10. I think the Raps win. Minus 500 on the money line. Not going to be touching that one for Toronto. So I'd lean plus 10 with the Rockets. And I would actually lean under 224. I just think Toronto could slow the game down and keep Houston really in check. You know, the implied point total for Toronto was about one seventeen and a half. and a half. Call it 117. Houston's 107. I can see the Raps limiting the mean less than that. And if they get up a fair bit in the fourth quarter, kind of coast to the finish line. Next game, the Battle of New York in Brooklyn. We have the home Nets, three and a half point favorites over the visiting Knicks. Total here, 220 and a half, which is kind of surprising for a Nets game. Uh, Kyrie, on I mean, the Nets Kyrie is obviously out uh, on the Knicks side. Quentin Grimes is questionable, not a huge factor there. Mitchell Robinson is out. And other than that, fairly healthy. Brooklyn comes in four and six overall, uh, two and four at home, scoring one hundred and twelve points. Four giving up about one hundred and thirteen, and the Knicks come in four and five overall, one and three on the road, but hardly a road game. Giving up one hundred and four, just over one hundred and fourteen points they're scoring, giving up about one hundred and sixteen points. So similar numbers. The Knicks' defense is actually even worse than the Nets. Um, but with Kyrie out, are the Nets going to score like they usually do? Obviously, Katie can put up a 50-burger on anybody when he wants to. Not when he wants to, but when he, uh, from time to time. Brooklyn's five-point total here is about 112. The Knicks, 108. Actually, the one I at is a little surprise. The total is so low. I get it. Kyrie's not out. Uh, Simmons is playing. Um what that amounts to, who knows? Obviously, he's he, he's a benefit of the defensive side for Brooklyn and moves the ball well. I uh, can't put the ball in the ocean, unfortunately. But if anything, I would lean to the over. You know, this would probably be a close game, three and a half points spread. So, two, two possession game, uh, the market's saying. And 220 and a half for two teams who don't play a lot of defense. And whenever you've got the, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn for Katie or not, for me, uh, Kyrie or not, they have the ability to put up points. So, uh, I'm going to look over a and a half. Two, yeah, two twenty and a half and a half in this game. Um, as far as the spread, can't touch this game. Kyrie, when Kyrie's playing, I like the Nets at certain nights. but when he's not, uh don't, don't have a good feel. don't like betting against Durant because, like I said, he can go off and carry a team. But on the flip side, uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and the Knickerbockers are hard for me to get a handle on as well. So, staying away there. Next game, we see Utah in Atlanta to play the Hawks. The Hawks are four-point favorites against the upstart Jazz. Total here, 229.5. When I go to the injury report, Atlanta, uh, Trae Young's questionable. uh, For Utah, Vanderbilt is questionable, and that is about it. So, obviously, this game hinges on Trae Young's availability. And if Treyon Young plays, I'm, I think I'm going to actually be on Houston at minus four here. Uh, I know Utah's playing well. They come in at eight and three. Uh, four and three on the road. Scoring still 116, giving up basically 112 points. Playing really well. Um, so much for tanking, but off to a hell of a start. Atlanta on the other side uh, is six and three overall. What are they? Three and one at home. And scoring about 116 and a half, giving up just over 115 per game. So uh, I like Atlanta to win. I just, you know, I, I'm just not buying the Utah train yet. They're a good team. Markman's been playing fantastic. Conley's uh, back. He's playing, you know, maybe even look at scoring prop for him. I think it about 12. I think it was up to actually 13. If it was 12, 11 and a half, I'd be on it. 13, maybe not. Point is. They're playing well. Uh, those guys aren't playing to lose. Management might wish they were losing, but they're not playing to lose. So hats off to them. I just think an eight and three mark is a bit of fool's gold. Um, they've got some good players, but I don't think they're going to be able to ma- match up with Atlanta tonight. And I see the Hawks winning. You know, in the money, the Hawks in the money line at minus 170, if you don't want to lay the, uh, the four points. Uh, but I think i lay the four points. It pretty Young's out, obviously, this game is off the board to me. But if he's playing, I think you are going to be on the Hawks. Um... Minus four tonight. take a quick break and come back with the rest of the board and hit some college ball after that. All right. We are back. And we're in San Antonio where the Memphis Grizzlies are in town. The Grizz come in five and a half point favorites over the hometown Spurs. Total 234 and a half. Let's go to the injury report here from Memphis. Steven Adams is questionable. Triple J is still out. That is about it for them. On the Spurs side we have Doug McDermott Doug McDermott listed as available so he's back so that's good for them. And nothing after that really. When I look at this game, um, I'm really tempted to take Memphis and I think I'll end up being on Memphis. They come in seven and three overall, three and three on the road. Uh, typical Memphis scoring 117 giving up 115 so lots of offense. Uh, San Antonio five and five overall lost three straight. They're uh, two and three at home, 113, just over 113 per game. They're scoring, giving up 121 points a game. That is the worst, second worst in the NBA to uh, Golden State, if you can believe that. 121.2 points a game they're giving up. Warriors giving up 121.4. Uh, who'd have thunk it? Both those teams. Greg Popovich, coach team, never would they give up those kind of points. And a Golden State Warriors, all-around solid uh, championship-level team. Who thought they'd be giving up the most? Two teams are giving up the most points in the NBA. Certainly not me. Anyways, back to the game. Memphis. I like Memphis. Total here is 234. Um, with those numbers, <laughs> it might look to the over. You know, the the, the 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 Grizz aren't exactly known as a tight defensive ship themselves. So I do like Memphis. Two and a half. Everybody's healthy. Jaw's back. Desmond Baines has been shooting uh, the lights out. Even if Adams doesn't play. You know that just means Brandon Clark's getting in there a little more. Santi Aldama, those guys maybe rotate between the four and the five. Um, getting Jacob Pertle on San Antonio, and I just like that's like the way Memphis is playing. They're getting get get on a run. Their implied to- point total here is 120, so I don't think it would be on a Bane prop. When uh, I pull up his number, 21 and a half, juice to minus 130. Shop that around. You know maybe you can get a, a well. If you can get it closer to 110, that'd be good. But with an implied total of 120, that's probably not a bad looking uh, prop. Trey Jones in San Antonio, 12.5 points. He's starting a point guard. I know I've missed on the, I think I missed twice actually in his props this year. Um, but in a game where they're expected to score 114.5 points is their implied point total. Uh, he's going to definitely get some points and probably worth looking at. So, uh, if I were looking at a number, J- Jaws at 28.5 points. That's just a minus 145. I just don't like taking his point totals because, obviously, he can go off. Um, but that's a, that's, a, that's a big number. If the game gets out of hand, I don't know it'll get out of hand. Five and a half point spread, it's not expected to get out of hand. But if it does, uh, you know, if San Antonio has a meltdown and give up a ton of ton of points early in the game, it's out of hand, he's not going to see the court very much in the fourth quarter. So, if anything, I would look to the Bane. Uh, Desmond Bain scoring prop. Uh, I think I'm going to be on Memphis, though, minus five and a half. And just in just, general, they can score, but it's more a call against San Antonio, really struggling this year. Uh, so I think I would lean towards the, the Grizz at minus five and a half. Next game is in Oklahoma City, where the Bucs are in town, 8 10 in the East. You get the Bucks at minus one and a half. Over the home Thunder, 212.5 is the total. When we look, and I'm pretty sure what he knows what I'm going to say before we even say it on this one, when we look at the, the injury lineup here, uh, the injury list story, obviously Giannis is out from Milwaukee. That's why it's a, a 1.5 uh, point total. Connaughton is also out. Drew Holiday, Joe Ingles, and Chris Middleton all out. Continue to be out for the Bucks. On The OKC side, Chet Holmgren still obviously out. Pokoszewski is questionable, and that is about it for them. This is, you know, I might actually still go with the box. when I look at their lineup. So, yeah, they've got Javon Carter in there as their uh, you know, at the two probably, but George Hill, a veteran, can play the game, point guard, Grayson Allen. Uh, he can have bad games when a shot's off, but at worst, he's going to get you 8 to 10 points. He may go off for 18 to 20 points. Um, and Then you got Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez, probably going to log huge minutes. I was looking at some point totals for them. Uh, didn't really bite on any yet. The one I liked the most, I think, was Brooke Lopez. Uh, yeah, Brooke Lopez, 17.5 points. A little high for him. Uh, if Bobby Portis takes over, you know Portis is probably going to be playing the four, and Lopez obviously the five. Uh, so Portis is taking over the honest role. I don't know that Lopez's role changes a ton, but um, the ball will probably be in his hands a little more, and I could see him getting there. It's a bit of a stretch. It's only juiced to minus 110. So if I'm going to be in any prop in this game, it would be that one. My point was though, you got Lopez, Porter, Allen, and Hill. All professionals. All guys have been around. Going against OKC, sure Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Gil- 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 oh, my God. Let me start again. Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, is going to put up some points. But after that, Josh Giddy, Lou Dorf, Jalen Williams, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl. Who knows what you get from those guys? You know, a couple years down the road, maybe Giddey, Bokashevsky, uh, sure. Baisley's on their bench. The other guys, who knows? Um, you know, run will be there down the road, sure, but not tonight. So, I'm actually thinking I'm leaning to Milwaukee minus one and a half. Uh, if I had looked at this game earlier in the day, this probably would have been minus five and a half, six, minus seven. Giannis is out. It's not. So, I think I'm going to be on the Bucks at minus one and a half. And the next game on Chicago, the home Bulls are two-point underdog. New Orleans in town, minus two, 232 and a half is the total. On the... Injury list. Lonzo obviously is still out. Andre Drummond is probable. Kobe White is out on New Orleans side. Larry Nance Jr. is questionable. And I haven't pulled the trigger. I'm not sure it will, but uh, I lean towards the Bulls. Bulls are a tough team at home. I know this year um, they haven't been playing fantastic. They come in five and six overall, three and two at home, scoring about 111.5 points, giving up 110.5. The Pels on the other side. Um five and four, three and three on the road, scoring 118 points, giving up 113. So a little stronger, numbers, marginally stronger. I just don't like going against Chicago at home. In fact, I like backing Chicago at home. Um, you know, DeSumo's gonna start at the point. Levine is playing tonight, which is good. DeRozan is playing. I heard there was some thought he was might not be, but he is from what I've seen. Patrick Williams and then Vukovic at the five. Um, I don't know. You know, I, just, I think this is a tight game. Uh, the Pelicans have been playing well. Chicago's a better team than what they've shown. You know, they're five and six, just under 500, three and two at home. That's not their M.O. They're a better team than that. Um, I like the way DeSumo's playing. A lot of people are saying that he's going to – obviously, when Ball comes back, he's going uh, uh, to – his his minutes are going to be cut way down. But the kid plays hard at both ends – and I think he adds a lot to the team other than just scoring, and better than Crusoe. Crusoe's on. He's a hard worker. He's a great story and all, but I don't think he adds the full game like uh, Desunmu does. So uh, I think I'm leaning towards the Bulls at plus two. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, I just don't like going against the Bulls. They play well at home. They've got a good lineup. Zach Levine's there. DeRozan's playing. Vucevic's healthy. Uh, I would lean, I'm looking at the Bulls, plus two, 232.5, not going to touch that total. Next game, eight ten in the East in Minnesota, and we've got Phoenix in town. T-Wolves are one and a half point favorites, 222.5, and And Chris Paul is out for this game, which is why I think Minnesota's the favorite. Um, Jake Crowder out still, Cam Johnson obviously is out, and Chris Paul out on the Minnesota side. Everybody is healthy. And Minnesota on the season, five and five at home, they're four and three, scoring basically 114 and 114 against versus Phoenix, seven and two in the season. And they're one and one on the road, 115 points for 104 against they're giving up. And I, you know, if Chris Paul's playing, I think this line flips. Although they're on the road, I still think Phoenix is a point, point and a half favorite. Um I don't know. I don't like taking uh, a lot of road teams. Traditionally, in the NBA, when they're playing a team like Minnesota that's been doing decent, not great, and um, sort of look pretty good out of the gate, kind of slowed down a little. But I think I would lean Phoenix at plus one and a half. I know Chris Paul is in there, but Devin Booker's still Devin Booker. He can he can take take over uh, and do well. DeAndre Ayton's back, although he's not doing much. Um, you know, Cam Cameron Payne has been doing well at uh, the point guard position. So I would lean Phoenix plus one and a half. He'd probably stay away from me. Second last game of the night is in Sacramento, where we've got the Kings and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland comes in at minus four, 227 and a half is the total. For Cleveland, Isaiah Mobley and Ricky Rubio remain out. And for Sacramento, Malik Monk is questionable. Minus four. Interesting number. I think I'm on Cleveland in this game. Uh, Cle- oh, there we go. Cleveland uh, doing fairly well. Fairly well. Very well. Eight and one overall. Uh, they won eight straight. They are four and one on the road, scoring about 116 points, just giving up 104. So playing really well on defense side. Just went in and beat the Clippers and the Lakers. And, oh, sorry, just updating my screen here. What am I talking about? Eight and two overall. I, I was looking at the wrong numbers, and I'm like, they didn't just beat them both. They split. They lost to the Clippers, beat the Lakers. Eight and two overall, four and two on the road. <laughs> lost one in a row. Uh, but like I said, scoring still over 116, giving up just over 105, playing really well. And Sacramento, I just, uh, I mean, I think they're in tank mode. They should be in tank mode. Three and six overall, one and three at home, giving up 115, scoring 117. So a team playing uh, one-way basketball, scoring a lot of points, giving up a lot of points. And I just think Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland's at the end of the the West Coast road trip, but a couple games in L.A. and then on to Sacramento. It's not like they've been flying all over the place, kind of grounded in California for a little while. Uh, I like the Cass. I like them at minus four, 227.5. I would even look at this total. Cleveland – Cleveland can score a lot, obviously, uh, and Sacramento gives up a lot of points, but Sacramento likes to play run and gun. So Cleveland's defense is solid, but the Kings like to score. I think this game gets – not gets out of hand, but I could see Cleveland being up a fair bit in the fourth quarter. So Sacramento just keeps running and trying to catch up. Not on the total. Going to be on the uh, Cleveland minus four number, though. Final game of the night is the Battle of the City of Angels. In Los Angeles, we have the... Who's on there? The Lakers are at the Clippers. And the Lakers, we have... Oh, look at that. LeBron and AD listed as probable. I don't even know why they put them there. Just put them as probable for the rest of the year. Anyways, probable. Um, Lonnie Walker is questionable. On the Clippers side, we have Kawhi as out. No kidding. And Paul George is back. So... Clips minus three, total two nineteen and a half. Uh I like the Clippers here. Pretty simple. Uh they're a better team. I have no faith in the Lakers this year at all. Eastern, uh, the Lakers come in two and eight. Uh, I know they're the road team tonight, but doesn't really matter. They're two and four at home, own four on the road. Uh 108.5 four, just over 116 against are giving up. The Clippers, six and five. Home road doesn't really matter again. Uh, scoring about 104 points per game, giving up 107. Clippers are not really uh, clipping along that well, shall we say, but they're still 6-5, and Uh, and the Lakers are really struggling. Um, I just don't – if neither the big guys are playing tonight, uh, LeBron or Davis are out, I think this number goes up even a couple more. But even if they are – You've got George. He's healthy. Reggie Jackson's playing. Terrence Manson has been playing well. Ivanka Zubac has his games, has his moments. And Marcus Morris trying to defend LeBron and get in his head should be an interesting watch. But I know LeBron gets up for the big games. I don't know if this is a big game anymore. Yeah, it's Battle of L.A., um, but it's mid-November. One team struggling to find themselves playing brutal basketball. Uh, I'm on the Clippers here, minus three. And if any news breaks of either the big guys, LeBron being out or AD being out, uh, I think this goes to minus five, minus five and a half. Try and jump on it before that happens. So that's a wrap of the NBA. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, get into some college basketball, some interesting games on the plate tonight. All right, we stay in the hardwood, but this time at the coll- the collegiate level. <clears throat> Excuse me. We travel to Wright State for at 7 p.m. in the East. Uh, Davidson is in town. Davidson comes in as four-point favorites. Steph Curry's all the matter. Total here, 151 and a half. I'm actually on Wright State. Uh, Davidson, obviously, in the A-10 and Wright State in the Horizon League. A-10 is a much better competition or much better league. Uh, Davidson, much better team, I think. But I think early in the season, uh, at home, Wright State has the ability to keep this game fairly close and davidson bringing in some new players and still getting things together new coach although some of the former coach so uh davidson now has as their head coach matt mckillop taking over from his dad so i don't think it'll be a huge change uh, they play a very structured very um solid all-around game uh i don't think it'd be a huge change but there is a change going on and i just think wright state has the ability at home to keep this game close uh, the four point, a lean plus four with right state, not on it, but a lean there. Uh, next game, I think that's interesting. UT Martin in Youngstown State, and UT Martin, pardon me, Youngstown State, eight and a half point favorite total here, one fifty-five. And if anything, I would actually lean Youngstown State. That's a lot of points to give up, I know, um, but I could see them getting there at that nine ten. I mean, it's a pretty tight number. If you get it at eight, I'd be on that. Uh, I just think they have the ability to put the b- ball in the basket a little better. Uh, tend to play some high-tempo ball. Uh, Youngstown, I don't think they've played really po- – oh, I'm sorry. they played Canisius. Nah, not that that's a whole lot to, to brag about. Uh, beat Canisius 92-81, 92-81 on Monday. So obviously scored a lot, but surprisingly gave up a lot to Canisius. UT Martin, Pittsburgh, and lost 80-52. Uh, much better showing there. I think think people are leaning towards UT Martin because that first game was a better outing against better competition, at least. And Youngstown State didn't look great against Canisius, but they're home. And I lean with the home uh, team in this game. Not a huge lean, but may play it. Next game is interesting. 8 o'clock in East. IUPUI plays Drake. And the spread here is 26 points. 131 and a half. And You know, when I look at uh, Ken Palm, if you look at Ken Palm rating services, rating service, uh, they've got this as a 30-point spread. And IUPUI, the story with them is they held open tryouts in the middle of the year last year. They were so short of players uh, and in need of players. And I don't think it was a bunch of injuries. They just didn't have enough kids on the roster. So this is a bad, bad team. And I don't know that Drake is great, um, but IUPUI is almost the worst-rated team in the country on Ken Palm and Drake comes in around 75. So uh, not a tournament level team, but maybe on the outside looking in if they can have a good run. If anything, I would lean Drake minus 26 here. Uh, they can put up points. They've got some veterans there. IUPUI, who knows who's going to be on the court. Uh, can't be as bad as last year, but if anything, like I said, I would lean Drake in this game. Kansas city is in Louisiana to play LSU. The Tigers are 23-point favorites, 137.5. I'm not on this game. I think LSU wins it easy. 23 is just a little high. Kansas City is a better team than that. If anything, I would lean to plus 23 with Kansas City uh, in this game. 8 o'clock in the East. Monmouth is in Seton Hall for Shaquille Holloway's uh, debut in front of the home crowd uh, for the Pirates. Pirates come in 20-point favorites. Now, I'm actually on Monmouth. Um, I just don't I, – I, they're just not that bad a team, I don't believe. Um, can score a little. Traditionally play fairly slow pace. I guess but average pace. Um, but I don't think they're going to get caught up in the hype. Uh, they're in the Colonial, which obviously is nowhere near the Big East. And Seton Hall, the anger with them, with Shaheen Holloway coming in, is I think in a month or two, they're going to be better. He's coming off his, the St. Peter's story but he did so well in the tournament last year as the almost Cinderella Cinderella of the tournament. Great story. He's brought a few players over with him from um, St. Peter's which would be interesting to see how the well they do in Big East play. This is not Big East play but I'm just not sure the story comes together right away. Everybody wants this and I, and I do too everybody wants this guy to do well. Everybody wants Seton Hall to do well. It's always uh, Big East is better when Seton Hall is better. Um, but what we want and what happens isn't always the same thing. So he had a great couple week run with St. Peter's and let's see how that translates to a couple hopefully a couple three seasons. I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think he'll be able to get them there, but right out of the gate, you've got a bunch of different players coming in. You've got a new coach. Everybody's hyping the heck out of everybody's figuring they're just going to come in and roll. Why? You know, He brought players from St. Peter's. That was great. They had a good run. They're now in the Big East. Okay. Again, Monmouth's not the Big East. I get that. But they've got to gel. They've got to figure out the system. They've got to work together. I have faith that he'll get them there, but not in early November to the tune of 20 points. So I'm a Monmouth plus 20. uh, Big number, I know. Do they win? Sure. 15, 16, 17 points. Uh, Not by 20. 9 o'clock in the east South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits are in Boise State. The state face the Broncos. Boise State six and a half point favorite. 145 points is the total here. I've gone back and forth in this game all day. Uh, I wasn't on the Jackrabbits in their first game of the year against Akron. I was on Akron and they ended up losing 81 to 80 in OT. And interesting thing is that it went over the number. I thought it was going to be under because they've lost Bay- Baylor Shireman. They've lost uh, him and next best scorer. We counted for about 48% of their scoring. The next three scorers came back. Uh, but I just thought it was going to be a bit of adjustment time. And what they do, they went out and scored 80 points against Akron. Uh, and I realize Akron isn't a huge defensive team, but they're a pretty decent team. And the interesting thing was the Jackrabbits, So South Dakota State angle is always three-point shooting. They shot four for 15. Against South Dakota, so again, Sherman's not there, their big guns aren't there, but the rest of their players behind them all had really good uh, three-point shooting percentages last season, and they shot 4 for 15, which is 267. If they even hit, you know, I think they were shooting, they were the, I think they were the best three-point shooting team in the country. They were shooting closer to 40%. So that's three or four more shots they're hitting there. That's another. You know, nine to 12 points. They could have easily beaten Akron if they hit that total from last year. Again, comparing last year to this year, it's impossible with the guys not there. But they should have scored better than that. So I think they have the ability to score. Now, I know going from Dayton, Ohio to, um, sorry, from Akron, Ohio, all the way across country to Boise State in a couple days, is a long road to haul. However, um, they do t- South Dakota State just by nature of where they are have to have to travel. I think these kids know how to travel, and I think this game's going to be closer than what people think. Everybody's on Boise; it's their first game of the year. Uh, everybody's on them to do well in the Mountain West, and I think they will. I just think South Dakota State has the ability to surprise everybody they play. Um, I know it's only one game. Maybe I'm overreacting because I was a little down. I just thought the shake-up, the change of Sharman being out, and new shooters, not really sure. I mean, guys in the team who've been there before, but not really sure uh, if they can step up. And I think they did. They stepped up against Akron, and they still didn't shoot all that well. So going into Boise, I would actually be on South Dakota State plus six and a half. Haven't made this play yet. If I can find a little better line, if it gets to seven, I'll be on them for sure. Um, but – I lean with the Jack rabbits um, and not just because they're fun to watch because they are, but uh, I just think they have the ability to keep this game close on the extra games, uh, the board with the extra part of the games. Uh, we go back to 7am An American versus Marist. And i am seeing this. I got this Marist at minus one. It's bounced basically between minus one and minus two. I think it opened about minus three. And I just think Marist is a better team. This hard. This 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 game's hard to tell. I mean, uh, when I look at Ken Palm, we got Maris by three, um, so I was happy when I got it at one. I know uh, in the Patriot League, American had a pretty bad year last year, um, and they returned all their players. So you know, usually it's like, well, it's a good thing I got all their players back, continuity sure, but their players didn't do much last year. They didn't have a single player who averaged more than five rebounds a game. So Maris is gonna Maris is a little bigger. Uh, they shoot three a little better uh, than the Patriot League. They did than, than the Patriot League American um, school. They didn't uh, exactly light up the Metro Athletic Conference themselves, um, Metro, Metro Athletic Association, I apologize, themselves. Um, but they've always played a good, tight team game. They're not a great scoring team, so laying points is always questionable, but uh, they've always played a good, solid all around game. Again, a little bigger, shoot the three a little better. Neither team's an offensive juggernaut. The home team, got to give them a boost. Opening night, I don't know that this is exactly a rabbit stadium in, um, what is it, the McMahon Center, I think, in Poughkeepsie, New York. But uh, I think Marist is a little better. So laying a point, I'd go up to two, maybe even two and a half probably with Marist. Uh, I'm definitely on that. Next game to watch in, I think, 9 o'clock in the East, Bellarmine is at Louisville. And there uh, I see Louisville minus 8. This game opened at, I think, about minus 12 and got hit hard. I wish I'd been on it. If I, had I seen that number, I probably would have been on it. Um, not sure I want to go Bellarmine minus 8. Louisville is expected to be really bad this year. Uh, and Bellarmine is expected to be a decent team. Their first year won the conference last year. First year in D1, and they went out and won their conference. I don't think they were allowed to uh, the A Sun. That's right, the Atlantic Sun. They weren't allowed to represent because it was their first year in D1. You know, I don't know who created that rule, but I would love to have a conversation with that person in that committee because there is no sense to that rule. You move up from D2 to D1, and you can't participate in your league tournament. It's happened to uh, I think it happened to Merrimack a couple years ago. Not that they're in the position to run the table, but they were kind of a mid-pack team and they weren't allowed to uh, play in their conference playoffs in basketball. Stupidest rule. Like Be- Bellarmine, 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 I'm not sure, comes up, wins the A-Sun, let them go to the big dance. Let them compete in the tournament. Like they won the regular season and they weren't allowed to win the, uh, the playoff bracket. It's just the stupidest rule ever. Anyways, it doesn't affect tonight's game. They're a decent team. A bit of an upstart school. Good for them for moving up and doing well. And Louisville uh, is really expected to struggle this year. So when I heard the number, I heard the number was at 12. Didn't get it. It's now at about plus 8 for Bellarmine. A little tight for me. Next game, I am on 10 in the east. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast is in San Diego State. Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast, finds themselves 3.5 points underdogs. So you can get San Diego minus 3.5. Total here is 146. And I, you know, when I I saw this game, I figured San Diego is going to be five, six point favorite. Uh, And it came out at three and a half, four, down to three and a half. So uh, I'm all over San Diego here. Uh, The Toreros uh, with Steve Lavin as their coach. He's a solid coach. Uh, They had a decent year last year in the West Coast Conference. And I know Dunk City, everybody loves getting on them. Great story two years ago and had a decent last year last year in the A-Sun. But uh, I just think San Diego's a better team. Lavin's a very good coach. Pat Chambers, the coach of uh, Florida Gulf Coast, is decent as well. Um, But Lavin's been there. I think San Diego's a deeper team, returning for a number of their players. And Florida Gulf Coast did beat USC on Monday. That's, I think, what's driving everybody. They beat them 74-61. So, shocker, for sure. Uh, Ken Ken Palm's got USC ranked 56, and Florida Gulf Coast ranked 209. So, huge shocker. He's got San Diego ranked 142, and like I said, Florida Gulf Coast 209. Um, but I think a lot of times people overreact when they see that. USC, big name, brand, you know, uh, kind of a bubble team, maybe. Um, if they can get out of the Pac-12, win it, or get the conference championship, maybe they're a bubble team, get some big wins along the way. Maybe. Oh, my God, they just got beat, they just got upset by, uh, oh, the, who, who who upset them? Uh, Dunk City. Oh, wow. This is a great start. Everybody loves Florida Golf Coast start. Big upset of a brand name school. Let's just pump the brakes a little. I mean, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They'll have a good run in the Atlantic Sun, I think. Um, but San Diego's a good team, too. And I think they're going to San Diego. You know, you're not obviously that far traveling from USC to San Diego. But uh, I think, you know, it's kind of one of that prove it to me. You got to beat a few teams in a row until everybody says, yeah, you're, you're legitimately – a much better team this year. So I'm on San Diego, three and a half. I thought the spread should have been five or six. So happy to take the Toreros uh, on my last game of the night that I'm on on the hard courts. We go to the NHL. And there are, what, four games tonight? Seven to five in East Carolina's in Florida to play the Panthers. This is going to be a hell of a game. Really like this game. Hoping to catch a bit of it. Carolina on the road, minus 125. You get the home Panthers plus 105. Total here, six and a half. Juice to the over. Minus 120. I'd actually take the under, plus 100. I think both these teams are going to try and lock it down and play a slow, uh, defensive-oriented game. Uh, and I, I think there's value. Panthers are plus 105 at home. Uh, Carolina's a better team, but the Panthers have the ability to beat anybody. They're at home. They're obviously better at home. And I think if this is a tight defensive game, it favors the Panthers. So plus 105 in a money line is probably some value there. Pittsburgh versus Washington, Crosby versus Ovechkin. This game never gets old to me. Two of the greatest players in the last 20 years of this sport. 735 in East. Pittsburgh is in town, on the road, minus 125 in the money line. The home cap's plus 105. Total here is six and a half. Uh, Doesn't everybody want to see a lot of goals in these two teams play? I sure do. Uh, Over six and a half. Uh, Actually, juice to the under, minus 125. I would look over. Um... Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, the boys, they can score. They can all score. Uh, Plus money, probably some value there. Can they get to seven? Uh, I think they can. And Washington won last game at home as an underdog. An underdog here, plus 105. I actually like the Caps. Again, plus 105. Straight up, I like Pittsburgh You know, on a neutral site, which has never played in NHL. Uh, But Washington, plus 105, I think some value. Vancouver's in Montreal. Uh, the battle of the struggling canadian teams the canucks come in as minus 165 favorite to the home halves at plus 145 total here's six and a half juice to the under minus 130 you can get the under at plus 110 uh this game's a stay away from for, for me uh, i think vancouver's a better team but they've been struggling they're on the road uh montreal if the game's close they've got some fantastic fans might will them to the win so not going to be on this one Last game of the night, probably not on either. 10.05 uh, in the East. Minnesota is in Anaheim to play the Ducks. Minnesota, you can get them minus 160 in the money line. The home Ducks at plus 140. Total here is six and a half. Minnesota's just too good a team uh, not to back against the Ducks. Ducks are getting plus 140. Is there value there? I don't think so. Can they win? Sure, uh, perhaps. But uh, I, like my, I like Minnesota to win. Laying 160 in the road is a little steep. So if anything, I'm on Florida at home, plus one Oh five against Carolina, maybe Washington at home, plus one Oh five against Pitt. and the under in the Florida, Carolina game under six and a half plus 100. I might look at that. And the over in the pit Washington game over six and a half plus one Oh five, a lot of plus numbers, which I don't usually like to jump on that much, but they're all right around, even, even to plus one Oh five. Um, now, the last of some action football game tonight, football games tonight, seven and east, we've got Buffalo at Central Michigan. The Bulls come in plus two and a half. You can get the home Central Michigan team at minus two and a half. Total here is 53. Um, this is a tough one. I like Buffalo. Buffalo's been playing well. Buffalo can score some points. And on the road, not a huge uh, uh, fan of taking – Road teams usually in a tight spread like this, but with matching, you never know. It's kind of like, why don't they just play every game on a neutral site uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday night? Always crazy scoring, always crazy score. So I'm on Buffalo plus two and a half. Next game, Penn, Kent State at Bowling Green. Kent State comes in minus two and a half. And total here is 55 and a half. If anything, I lean the road, Kent State squad at minus two and a half. Um... Again, yeah, this game's a coin flip. I'm really staying away from action tonight, but uh, if you, you force me to make a call, I would take Kent State. I just think they're a slightly better team. Final game Northern Illinois minus one at Western Michigan. And total here 49 and a half. I would take the home Western Michigan squad. Uh, I just don't, again, what I just said earlier, not really a fan of either of these teams. I'm not sure. You know, a one point spread is kind of a, it is clearly a coin flip. So I would stay away from the, the last two games. If anything, I'd be on Buffalo plus two and a half. They have the ability to score. They have the ability to win. A Total 53 might even run over. Should be a cool, uh, but very playable night in Michigan tonight. So weather will be um, something they can. So it'll be favorable weather. Uh, Buffalo. Let's see the money line plus 115. It eh, might not be a bad option too. But you know what? I, I, I'll. Uh, that's probably what I go for. I think Buffalo could win, so I'd take the plus 115 on the money line. Uh, if you want to be a little more conservative, you can take the plus 2.5 on the spread at minus 110. So, big night in the NBA. Lots of, well, fair bit of college basketball. Uh, so a couple NHL plays, and not a lot of action, but maybe the Buffalo Bulls come through. Uh, before I go, I want to remind you of our partner, one of our partners here at, Man, uh, at Sports Ethos it's is Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and at checkout use the code hoopball20. That's hoopball20 for 20% off your orders and free shipping. And also, if you're into daily fantasy sports, try our partner at Thrive. That's T-H-R-I-V-E. Go to thrive.com and check them out. You prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or thrivefantasy.com, as I said. Uh, when you sign up, you use the code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Basically, pick player props and the biggest names playing each night, score points when they hit, and the players with the most points on a head-to-head basis win the share of the nightly prize. Uh, and if you're looking for prop information, we've got a ton of sports ethos. We've got a uh, daily DFS basketball um podcast going right now we've got weekly dfs football podcasts um we've got sports wagering information i didn't give a lot of props here today but often we give out props can have some guests on hopefully in their future giving out some more props or ideas football basketball ton of prop information uh daily weekly check us out at ethos you can get information and use that to make some cash on thrive fantasy so, hopefully, you got a couple plays tonight. Hopefully, you got some lean, some sides, some ideas, whether the hardcore, the ice, the maction on the gridiron. Lots going on, lots of angles for you. Hopefully, you make some money, and we will catch you tomorrow.